to episode 171 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony and sitting right across from me via Zoom as always, it's my pal DeQuincy. Hey guys, um, it's just amazing we're doing this podcast and I don't have any kind of alcohol around me. <laughs> but we're here. Oh, it's Friday. It's Friday night and nothing. <laughs> it's Friday night, uh, real sad boy hours right now. Um, yeah, man, how are you doing? Uh, better better that uh had time to digest everything that happened um over the past what six games <laughs> yeah 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 like i said earlier this is a take two for us i said earlier it's a good thing that we took a couple of days to just r- rest and think about what we wanted to say because i i let fire a lot of tweets on twitter that i regret but we'll not delete Cause I'm not a coward. I screenshotted a lot of them anyways. <laughs> oh, wow. You... Either way. Oh, wow. So you could this, you me. Wow. No, I just, um, uh, I was chatting with our buddy, John mm-hmm. about the series and, uh, cause he's, he's not so much on Twitter, but more on Facebook. He's, mm-hmm. he tends to, uh, uh, abandon ship or call it a night, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, Preserve same, his sanity. Right. In the same manner as you do on Twitter at times. Um, so I just wanted to reassure him that he's not alone. And uh, You tell that man to never get on Twitter, okay? He is too good of a man and too kind-hearted to survive this these Twitter streets. I'm a veteran out here. I've been in these Twitter wars. I've been in these foxholes. You tell that man he's good, too good for this. I put my hands in the muck so he can be clean. Dark Knight Returns. Good movie. Uh, Great movie. Yeah. I was going to go a tangent because speaking um, of Dark Knight, I was at work the, like a couple of weeks ago and I was thinking, I was like, who had the better trilogy? Uh, thank you. The Batman, the Dark Knight series or the Captain America? Ooh, wow. Man. Um I'm going to say the Dark Knight series. And it might be foolish to say that because my reasoning is probably the reason why people think would probably pick Captain America over the Dark Knight. It's just that it wasn't building to anything. And I feel like the Captain America movies were vehicles that were building towards something else that wasn't just Captain America where the Dark Knight just told this story within its own universe, essentially. Um, and did a great job doing that. But then, like, Captain America, like, even with the first Avenger, in the title, it's right there. It's <laughs> clearly building towards the Avengers and and beyond. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about this because the Dark Knight 
it's one of the best comic book movies of all time, bar none. Mm-hmm. But Captain America, the Winter Soldier, is t- up there with it. If you want to say Dark Knight is top three, then Winter Soldier is top five. So it's not like it's that high of a drop off. Easily. And the first movies, I think, uh, which uh, the Batman movie, the first one's better than um, the first Avenger. But first Avenger is still good. And then Very I, good. and then I, I believe um, Civil War is better than the back, the Dark Knight Returns. Civil War better than the Dark. Okay, Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Civil War better than Dark Knight Rises. That's a tough call. And you know, I've been wanting to go back and watch Civil War. I haven't seen it lately. Um, Cause think of all the stuff that happens in Civil War. A lot happens, <laughs> and it flows. Mm-hmm. There's not, and there are just moments in the Dark Knight Rises that, by no fault of it own, its own, it doesn't hold up mm-hmm. to the Dark Knight. While Civil War does a better job of holding up to the Winter Soldier. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I can't really argue with you on that one. I feel like you you can a strong case can always be made for Civil War over the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one on that one. But I think overall, the Dark Knight trilogy um, still holds stronger to me, at least. Mm-hmm. I'm never if I'm over at your house, you're like, yeah, you want to watch the Dark Knight trilogy? I'm never like, oh fuck this and grab my jacket and just leave, you know? Right. I'm be like, cool, let's pull up a chair and spend the next eight and a half hours watching this. So um these are the things I think about at work when no one's around and I'm off to my own devices. But uh getting back to the point, uh, congratulations to the Atlanta Braves and their fans winning the World Series and six games over our poor Houston Astros um you know this loss feels better than the one in 2019 like in 2019 I felt like I felt like the Astros lost the World Series but here I felt like the Braves went out and took it right and that 2019 team I mean had they won the World Series they they might have gone down as one of the greatest teams of all time Mm -hmm. I mean I as not being a homer in that regard, but the way that lineup was built, the way that pitching staff was built, I mean, could have easily been consi- considered one of the greatest teams of all time. Yeah. Um, and they they lost in seven. Yeah. And I remember before the World Series start, and even before the playoff starts, one of our just theories of playoffs like all you need is like a hot pitcher and two hot bats to get you going for two weeks and you win the world series mm-hmm. and that happened but unfortunately it happened for the braves right. um ian freed was untouchable max max i'm sorry i'm thinking the wrong guy max Fried. yeah ian anderson uh, is the other one i've i've combined them like a dragon ball z <laughs> <laughs> character uh fusion ha but yeah um max was incredible uh the first game he pitched what was a game two mm-hmm. even though he lost that game everything that was hit off of him was just lucky dork 
uh, duck snort hits and everything. It wasn't anything hard. And then game six, um, he was just on his grind, man. There was nothing. You, all you could do is yeah. when you see a pitcher having a game like that and your offense can't do anything, all you could do is tip your hat to the guy. He pitched an incredible game six. The Braves just molly whopped the Astros. What was the final score? Seven to nothing? Seven to nothing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, incredible. And um, Jorge Soler, uh, Freddie Freeman, those were the guys that carried that team offensively. It was. Yeah. And, you know, it was inc- I don't know if I. Go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. I don't know if I uh, mentioned this mm-hmm. the last time we talked, but I know I was telling people. Like, as soon as game one basically ended, I was watching, I was watching game one and I was like, you know what? Well, no, no, going into game one, I was, I was looking at everything and I was telling a lot of people, I said, you know, this team, this Braves team, the lineup at least, remind, is very reminiscent to that 2017 Astros team. Mm-hmm. They are, and I may have, I may, like I said, I may have mentioned that the last time we talked, but there's just something about that lineup that they're young. They were young and hungry and it just felt like it was their time. And then you watch game one and it's like, Oh damn, like they got a short little second baseman, just like the 2017 team had a short little second baseman that was like doing it all. And you know what else they had annoying at bats, just like the Astros have where I can't tell you how many times I would look up and see Eddie Rosario would have an 0-2 count and he would, I don't mean disrespectfully, but just weasel his way into a walk <laughs> right. or get a big hit. It was like just grinding out at bats, making pitchers work. Like that Braves team, like you said, was reminiscent of the 2017 Astros. Just never stop. Um, the big hits will come when they come, but just play your best at all times. And, I'm like, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run like the Astros have had where they're in the NLCS for five straight years. I think what, this is their second year. Cause they it were, is, yeah. they lost to the Dodgers in, in the NLCS last year in that crazy COVID season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're a very talented group. Um, I really hope Freddie Freeman was resigns with them. A full year Ronald Acuna Jr. Another full year. Ooh, that's. Up. I mean, pray for that ACL to heal because he is one of the best hitters in the game. Like mm-hmm. he he's MVP candidate, and he was on that run this year before he blew out his knee. He had, I think twenty four home runs in eighty some games. It was it was insane the pace mm-hmm. he was on. Ooh, him and Soto. <laughs> <laughs> and like. um I don't know, you know, I don't know if this te- that team that team could be built for a run because it was like they they really had to rebuild their outfield mm-hmm. after Acuña went down. So who knows if they're going to keep all those guys. Um I could see Peterson moving on cuz he was like a mid-season acquisition. Yeah, I think um, he just um declined his option for the next year. Mm-hmm. In fact, let me look at what their contracts is like next year. Rosario could be a guy that that could move on. 
Um, but keeping like Solaire and Acuna and uh, gosh, I forgot who their other outfielder was. Uh, it was Azunia. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's coming back. I mean, he's he's in there. I mean, no idea. I don't know how well he's going to receive considering the domestic violence um, accusation that was over his head. That was uh, it. I thought that was Solaire. No, that was Azunia. That's why he wasn't there. Oh, okay. Okay, well, maybe not him then. Let's see. Who signed for next year? Charlie Morton, Azunia, uh, Acuna Jr. Their closer, Will Smith. Like, <laughs> I follow a lot of Atlanta Braves um, fans on Twitter. They were never – it was like uh, – remember Ken Giles? Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that was that was their Ken Giles okay. uh, going on. Danzy Swanson, who I think is slightly overrated. I mean, not underrated. I mean, the guy hits ninth and hit 28 home runs. I mean, that's slightly underrated in my mm-hmm. opinion. Uh, Travis Denard, Max Fried, uh, Ozzy Obbies. Austin Riley, another guy who I think is criminally underrated on that team. So, yeah, they can make a run because a lot of their guys are still young. And like I said, mm-hmm. if they get Freddie Freeman back, I think this is the offense that's going to be on. They can lead the league in offensive categories next year. Mm-hmm. As long as, you know, God willing, um, Acuna comes back healthy. Right. And I think they're much like the Astros. I think they're, you know, their pitching is going to be the big mm-hmm. question mark, starting pitching at least. Um, unless all these young guys that won the World Series this year, unless they carry that momentum and and take all the experiences of, of this run and carry it over into next year and, and really develop into, you know, not necessarily the next Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz, but because that's asking a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's asking too much, but, um, but developing into a contender, a contending rotation, essentially. I'm looking up their betting odds uh, for 2022. Probably not high. I feel like the Dodgers are always going to be at the top, even at, even after even at the conclusion of game six. Yeah, yeah. The Dodgers have the um lowest odds. So they're the favorite, the Dodgers plus five hundred. Braves, they're second in the uh national league and the third team on this list. Braves plus one thousand. Wanna guess who is the second team and number one in the AL? Number one in the AL. Mm-hmm. Is it Boston? Nope. Uh, man, Tampa? Nope. Is it our hometown Astros? Yep. Okay, that's good. Um, let's let's talk about it, man. I don't, I don't feel that confident right away. Well, real, real quick, let me go over some more more that's like if you were to pick one team to make it to the World Series from the National League, who would you pick right now? Yeah. Um, right now, I'd go with the Braves. Yeah, I don't feel that confident about the Dodgers. 
I mean, it's always something every year, unless it's a, a COVID shortened season. <laughs> there's always an issue. I mean, they just they have the most fragile rotation in baseball, essentially. Well, or just, hard luck rotation, just, whatever you want to call it. Just a lot of question. Kershaw's a free agent. Um, Max, uh, what's the last name? Scherzer's a free agent. Uh, Justin Turner did not play well. Um, who's their um, – God, what's that guy, the one outfielder, one MVP who's gone backwards? Cody Bellinger. Yeah, Bellinger has fallen off the map. He seems like he doesn't even know how to hit half time. I don't know. I, but the Dodgers now are like the Yankees were 20 years ago. They can just throw money at the problem and code over any kind of holes. Right. But yeah, but going to the Astros, I felt the same way that you do. Like, it's not just uh, the things they have to do in free agency between hopefully re-signing Korea, Korea and fixing whatever issues are going on, on the pitching side, but going to another World Series and their sixth ALCS in a row. Like if I was betting, I'd probably put like a hundred dollars a year the right White Sox or the Rays before I put any money on the Astros. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Um, is is the run coming to an end? Is the um, this era coming to an end? I, I don't. I think it's starting to chip away. Certainly. Yeah, but. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My question is, who do you think wins the AL West? If not the Astros, who? Um, I still think we can win the AL West. Yeah, because do you trust the Angels? No. The Rangers, I don't know what the hell they're doing. They look like they're trying to rebuild and not rebuild at the same place at the same time, which is never a good place to be. Right. Um, the Mariners. The Mariners are going to be that team. I guarantee you. they're going to be better in every number and have worse num and have a worse overall record because their luck and one run games is going to that doesn't continue from year to year. Mm-hmm. So I get they're going to be a better team but with a worse record. Like they're going to be close to the five hundred, and people are going to be like, "Oh, what's wrong with the Mariners?" It's like they. They're just not going to win those one run around games next year that they did this past year. And who am I forgetting? Oakland. Okay, Oakland just lost their manager. Right. Going to San Diego. And Oakland is always five minutes away from deciding to do a fire sale. <laughs> right. So if you say the Astros are going to win the West again, who in the American League? right now can beat them um the way the team is the way the the team that fielded for game six that was on the roster for game six mm-hmm. i think man um i think the other i think the white Sox would have a pretty good chance of beating them that's what i think because you see in all times in sports the young team comes on they make it to the playoffs they lose in heartbreaking fashion and then come back the next year or two and win a championship happened to the astro we just saw it happen to the Braves. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I definitely um I mean, and I say the way that the or the team that was mm-hmm. on the roster for game six because oh hold on. can we talk about the 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 World Series roster? These sure. the Astros were doo-doo. Correa, Bregman, <laughs> Alvarez. Um, I'm probably missing one, but they just were not they picked the wrong week to have a bad week. Yeah. The worst week to have a bad week. Like Alvarez is gonna get a pass because he basically single-handedly launched the Astros past the Red Sox and the ALCS. Um Correa. Correa had one moment in his playoffs, and it was the home run he hit against um who was that against? Was that against the Braves? That wasn't in the World Series. That was ALCS. That was in the Red Sox, ALCS. right? Yeah, the pay me. Mm-hmm. The my time home run. And he basically didn't show up in the World Series. Bregman, I still think Bregman was never 100% healthy this year. Like, I don't care what yeah. he said in his little documentary or whatever. Um, he gave an interview about his swing, how his swing was wrong, and he couldn't, like, grip the bat and they were like oh um is that a choice he's like no it's like okay if it's not a choice that means you can't do it that means you're hurt and and you ever watch him run the first base on a grounder he's definitely saving his legs yeah i mean he was hit with what hamstring and quad injury Mm mm-hmm so that might be an, uh, a combination of him not being 100% healthy and him not trusting in his legs. Mm-hmm. Um, who else shit the bed this this um, postseason? Uh, Maldonado gets a pass. Maldonado. No, he gets a pass. All right, yeah. That base, that uh, walk, that base loaded walk to tie the game in game five um, and uh, everything he did with his pitching staff. He gets a pass, especially the bullpen. The one thing that we were worried about the entire playoffs was excellent yes. in the World Series. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just I was thinking about I was just talking about that earlier. Um, as shaky as Graveman and Maton were, mm-hmm. um, they were. Like you said, excellent in the postseason. If I had told if, you, go ahead. Oh, if I had told you before the World Series that the bullpen was going to be a plus lights out, you'd have been like, "Oh, we win in four, right?" <laughs> <laughs> Baseball's a ficky mistress. Yeah, um, but I mean, at the end of the day. Starting pitching was, was, I think, the biggest issue, mm-hmm. even over the offense. Because if you get down on a hole early, then you're making it that much tough. You're putting that much more pressure on the offense to get out. I think if your starting pitchers go more than two innings <laughs> – then you're giving the rest of the team a chance. Mm-hmm. And that happened way too often in the entire postseason. Pitchers not being able to pitch out of the second inning. And, you know, ultimately, I think it cost us. 
And what was the thing we said about Valdez? We said he has those Lance McCullough issues where he can be cruising for two innings and then get lit up in the third. Yeah. And Well, that's what happened in I the mean, World Series. Except he didn't get the cruise for two innings. It was like three outs, and then right. all hell went loose. And it's like, if... I know it's a lot to say, mm-hmm. but if you get Framber and Garcia to pitch the way they did in games five and six, if they pitch like that regularly, mm-hmm. that's a damn good one-two combination. That... um takes the burden off Lance McCullough Jr. That takes the sting off of not having a Justin Verlander and potentially probably losing Zach Greinke going forward. Those two guys, the way they pitched in games five and six of the ALCS, that is, that's how you construct a championship team. That's the foundation of a championship team is having two starters who can pitch like that, pitch out of their minds mm-hmm. and look unbeatable. There are two things I'm going to always wonder about when it comes to the series. One, what if Dusty Baker moved Oz Bregman down from the three spot earlier in the series? Mm-hmm. And two, what if they had in a ways Jose Urquidy uh, in game five and his inning of relief and just used him in game six to start? Because by not yeah, using I mean, him in game six, that made uh, Garcia pitch on uh, three days rest. And we all see how that turned out. Uh, like it usually does. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I can definitely speak to the Bregman thing. I mean, the guy was struggling all postseason, mm-hmm. basically. It wasn't just the World Series. I mean, he just wasn't hitting. And you can maybe keep most guys in their normal spots in the lineup, but you can't keep the number three hitter hitting like that in the Mm -hmm. number three spot. He's got to go. He's got to go. And no offense, but he's got to hit lower in the lineup. We still love your defense and um, we enjoy your salsa, but (laughs) it, it just was working. All right, so we move on to the offseason, the cold, dark offseason. Um, good news, Dusty Baker is back for one year. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Yeah. I like him. I think um, God, the team plays hard for him. I still want him mm-hmm. to win a ring. Um, hopefully it happens next year. Um, what uh, – I want to talk about uh, the all season and then talk, just be talking about, oh, look, we got who we can sign and who's a free agent and all that. But we got to talk about the biggest problem coming up. On December 2nd at midnight, the CBA expires. Uh, So before we even think about fantasy booking, (laughs) a very real and serious issue has to be taken care of. Yeah, seems the owners and players are going back and forth about basically just a whole host of things, money, 
it, money's the biggest. Um, extra playoff games, Universal DH. Um, that's all I think. So I honestly, I think we're gonna we'll have a season next year. Mm-hmm. Too I, much money these days at stake. Yeah, too much money for both sides. So I think we'll have a season. I just think everything's gonna be pushed back. Like if you start of the season, yeah, I think spring training and the start of the season get pushed back a couple of weeks. Okay. Which you know, I don't, I don't mind necessarily. At least this year. Like I wouldn't be surprised if, like I said, spring training gets pushed back, the season gets pushed back. Instead of 162, they only play like 140, 150. Mm-hmm. But I still think that there's definitely going to be a season next year. There's just too much money for everyone. Yeah. I mean, this is not 94 where mm-hmm. the highest paid player in baseball was making, what, $10 million? Yeah. I mean, we're talking – we're getting – we're ultimately getting towards the $50 million per year range mm-hmm. um, and quickly at that. So there's a lot, there's a lot of, <laughs> there are a lot of zeros <laughs> um, to make everybody work together at some point, yeah. you know, to, to really get it going and to come to some agreement. Um, and look, we're not we're not saying anything groundbreaking, but like any negotiation, there's gonna be compromises. There's gonna be um, at the end of the day, not everybody's gonna be 100 percent happy. Mm-hmm. But if everybody comes out 80 percent happy, that's better than nothing at this point. And yeah, I would say when it comes to no negotiations, you can get 80 percent if you want, or 100 percent of nothing. Right. And like I said, I don't mind things getting pushed back at this point because, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, what, November 5th? Spring yeah. training normally starts February 10th, 11th. Mm-hmm. Going around there, yeah. The Astros went deep. You know, they went all the way. Oh, so you say they need to take this time to rest? Give them a couple extra weeks, man. Um... And let's get it going. Yeah. The good thing, like, it's this will not be like the 2020 season where they started to get ready and they were in spring training and they had to stop and then ramp everything up. This will be like right. as soon as we know when everything starts, spring training will begin and we'll be able to go. So there, there shouldn't be the rash of injuries that we saw in the 2020 and 2021 seasons. Right. Yeah. But I think the biggest issue besides money is going to be um, what's it called? the arbitration the no no the arbitration oh. process you know you and major league baseball when you come up you get three years for arbitration no your first three years are team control and mm-hmm. then your three years after that are arbitration years and after that you're a free agent so mm-hmm. the problem is there's certain there's a certain thing called super two which is a long arduous process we saw here with george springer the cubs saw it with chris bryant where basically a team keeps you down into a certain arbitrary point in the season then they bring you up so they get a seventh year of control and so i guarantee mm-hmm. you that's going to be one of the things the players focus on getting that down 
to where maybe it's only five years or the one I heard was um, it was just a suggestion from the owners where uh, you're uh, you're basically a free agent after five years or your 29th birthday, whichever one comes first. And for some people, I'm sure they say, oh, that's all I got. The problem is MLB teams are weary about playing players long-term contracts after they turn age or 30 right they look at them like leonardo dicaprio looks at women <laughs> hey <yo. laughs> uh, i think there there is a situation to be had but it's going to involve both both sides coming together and hashing things out and also there's one other problem that people aren't talking about this isn't a one-on-one battle it's a one-on-one-on-one battle. It's the players versus small market teams versus large market teams. Mm-hmm. There are teams like the big boys that wouldn't have problems like the Dodgers or God, I, I want to say Yankees, but they've been scared of the luxury tax so much. It's hard to say, but I'm going to say, okay, so the Dodgers and the Yankees have different money standards than say the Royals or the Rays. Mm-hmm. So something that would break the bank for the, the Kansas City Royals means nothing to the Dodgers. So while they're scrapping that out, they're also fighting against the players. Right. And Kansas City would has every uh, would have every reason to want to extend arbitration as much as they could to mm-hmm. keep players on the cheap if they were to, you know, develop actually develop good young players that are worth keeping. Yeah, we're talking about Kansas City. <laughs> and these small market teams don't want to become basically feeder systems for the big market teams, where they have a guy for only you know the six years, then he leaves, or they have him for five years and they have to trade him because he knows he won't stay. Right. Unless you're the Rays or the Athletics, who somehow find a way to cycle those guys and develop guys that are just good enough to hang on to and like make a, a short run. The Raves could get an usher out of the damn stands and bring him <laughs> down. And he would two and he would hit 288 in the, at the major league there. They, I don't know what kind of computer magic they have. I hope James click brought it over from Tampa Bay to Houston, but we need that. Got to get that. Uh, one other suggestion I saw from the owners, they were talking about, uh, well, let's have a um, a cap floor where basically every team has to spend, was it 100 million? I think it was like 100 million, 110 million. And what would happen is like there would also be the luxury tax, tax ceiling, whatever you call it. And if you go over that, then all the money that you go over would go to subsidize the smaller market teams. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you think about that for a second and you're like, one side's like, oh, that would really help to get the money up. And these teams like the Orioles or the Astros in the day, they can't just suck forever. They can, you know, spend money to have a major league team. And then the other issue is what happens when teams look at that, that luxury ceiling and be like, I don't want to pay that because I don't want that money to go to these other teams to beat me. Right. So what happens is stagnate salaries. Hmm. 
It's collusion without the agreement. Because <laughs> if I'm a team and there's a player out there and he's asking for 30 some million, I can't get him because that means I'd have to pay the luxury tax. So that might go to like, I'm sorry to keep beating up on the Royals, but it would go to Royals. I'd be like, I'd be like, I'm not gonna pay that. I'll find someone else cheaper. And maybe that dude finds his money somewhere else, or maybe instead of asking for 30 million, he has to settle for 25 million. Mm-hmm. And sure, that's a lot of money. Of course, we all agree that, but that's still stagnated wages. That's still something we're seeing in you know the real world as we speak. Right. So. I, I, it's going to be an interesting battle. Um, the players going to fight the owners. The owners going to fight themselves. The owners are going to use people in the media to uh, deliver their message and badmouth the players. And it's going to work because Americans are fucking idiots because we see how much money the players make, but we never see how much the owners make. Yeah. Once again, if someone's telling you that they are broke and they refuse to open up their a checkbook and show you and they refuse to sell any of the stuff that can make them money but they swear that that certain thing is costing them money they are lying to you <laughs> full stop Kansas City mm. um, what do you think about the DH I'm moving it on to something that I'm I can understand a little more <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. This is why. I no, no, it's, no, no, no. Baseball is my favorite sport because it's not just a sport in the field. It's all the numbers and the and like the legal shit that gets it. Just I am a nerd and this nerdy baseball shit just speaks to my soul. It's the reason I'm, why when I used to write, I write about baseball more than any other sport. I love the numbers and everything, but the, the legal stuff is just like, oh, boy, like, what are we? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> But the DH, um, I'm all for universal DH. It's time. I mean, the, the I know. interleague is is a regular thing now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's part of like it's an everyday thing, not just it's an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Um, pitchers are just most pitchers, ninety nine point. Nine nine percent of pitchers are just not equipped to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I should probably say ninety nine point nine 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 percent of pitchers, and that point zero 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 one is just Shohei Otani. But you know, <clears throat> it's ultimately it'll help speed up the game. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. Like you'll always find a way to to strategize in a a baseball game. It's it's not killing strategy for baseball. I mean, I mean, strategy is all in baseball. The shifts that we do on the infield and outfield—that's strategy. That's predicting that this guy is going to hit the ball here because he hits it over here sixty-five percent of the time. Right. So the idea that you know uh, you're you're taking away the you know Mm -hmm. strategy aspect of the game, you know by by not having the pitcher hit, you know, it changes all the, it changes everything. I mean, Mm -hmm. it changes some, but. And you know what else we're getting rid of? What's that? 
cowardice. That's what we're getting rid of. I'm tired of these goddamn managers walking the eighth hitter to get to the pitcher. We're getting rid of these cowards of the game. Yeah. You pitch to the eighth hitter. You pitch to the ninth. You be a man. I'm back. I'm cool. I just hate that. The real strategy is like figuring out how you're going to pitch to one, one to nine, mm-hmm. not just one to eight. Yeah. And then, you know, you got to easy out because the hitter can't hit the, the pitcher can't hit the ball past the mound. Get out of here with that bullshit. Uh, you want to talk about the Astros free agents? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, they currently have seven. So we'll start with the. I don't mean be rude and say least important, but we'll start at the bottom and work our way up. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Marlon Gonzalez, come back or not? Nah? Uh, yeah, I think they'll bring him back. You think so? Yeah. yeah. Especially if a certain guy leaves. I'm 33 years old and he was not good in his uh, time with the Red Sox. I would not. Um, moving up, uh, Yumi Garcia. Huh. I'd like to see him come back, mm-hmm. but he might want to close. He might want to be a, a like because he was the closer in Miami, correct? Yes. He might want to be a closer again. I don't know. Um, and he is thirty-one. Yeah. So. I mean, once once a pitcher gets into his 30s, it's a little, you know, something to think about. You're thinking about it a little bit more. Um, but I think if he's willing to continue in the role that he, he was brought in for, um, yeah, let's bring him back. Yeah, I agree. I got no problem. Um, he'd be a um... – Six, seven, the guy, um, maybe in close if Presley isn't feeling it. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Brooks Raley. Brooks Raley. Uh, was he left-handed? Yes, sir. I'm going to say no to him. Um, yeah, I, I mean, no to him. Okay. Moving on, Kendall Grayman. Wait, did you say no as well? Yes, I did. Kendall Grayman. Okay. I was kind of saying no, yes, but you were much more adamant about it. So I trust your your intuition than than mine. Kendall Graveman, man. Again, well, you know, I, I would bring him back because he would be the guy that if if Presley is unavailable, could get some saves. He pitched really well in the playoffs. Um what was his base salary in 2021? I'm looking at a, a website. Was he paid 1.75? 1.7, Let me look it up because I'm not there yet. Oh, I'd love to tell you. For 1.25. For an eighth inning guy, that's a pretty good deal, even if his salary bumps up three or four million. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. It's just he is... Remember when um after pool holes broke Brad Lidge, so it was wishy washy to watch him pitch. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about Kendall Graydon. He come in, strike everyone out. He come in and 
give up a run on four walks. Never know what you're getting with that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, got a couple more. Zach Grinky. Um, man, yeah, it's it's time to move on. Yeah, our report yeah. seems like he uh, has reported that he wants to pitch in a National League park next year. God bless. Yeah, you think Zach Grinky is Hall of Famer? Hmm. Uh. Man, that is a good question. I don't think he is. I think he just misses. Well, I don't know, man, because we've seen a lot of guys get in. That How many wins does he have? 219 wins. But wins mean less now than they ever have. Yeah, and he, he had a rough start to his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until he got his anxiety under control. Yeah. Mental health, kids, is important. Oh, uh, I don't know. I'm just asking you because it feels like a 50-50 to me. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be uh, clamoring if, if he was on the, the edge. Um, but I wouldn't be like, oh, that's a dumb – that's a dumb uh, – that was the wrong selection. Mm-hmm. And – you know, yeah, I mean, you know, some of these numbers don't matter as much anymore, but by all accounts, he, he'll probably get to 3,000 strikeouts, if not next year, then the year after. I think he's good enough to hang on to get to 3,000. He needs, what, 192 strikeouts? So probably not next year, but the year after. Those are those types of numbers that, you know, have gotten – Plenty of pitchers in, if not all of them, that have 3,000 strikeouts. Yeah, really see. All right. All right. So, moving on to our last two. So, I'm going to ask you will they be offered a qualifying offer? Will they mm-hmm. take it? And what, where they will end up? So, the first one Justin Verlander, will He's he gone. be will he be offered a qualified offer? Yes. Mm. Will he take it? No. Uh, you think he's gone? Yeah. You know, I mean, look, he. there's a lot of people that had a lot of problems with him not being as vocal and supportive of the team. This why? Year the I, run. I, I, I don't understand why. I, I have no problem with that. Because if he doesn't want to, like uh, – What's his name? Josh Reddick wanted he, – he's – that's his personality. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that if he really likes you, he's going to root for you. You know, he, he's he's a guy that's going to support. Verlander is one of the best pitchers of, of our era, of our generation, and, you know, doesn't have, didn't have time to think about that kind of stuff. And also, tell me this doesn't sound like Verlander. If I can't play, being at the stadium hurts so much. That sounds – I wouldn't I wouldn't begrudge any player that has like, that sentiment. Like, that sounds like Justin to a T. He can't play, so why would he be there just tease himself? He's looking and, like, I don't understand. Like, his most important thing should be, A, taking care of his family, and B, getting mm-hmm. healthy for next season. 
neither one of those things is is important. It, it, neither one of those things matters. No, let me change that. Neither one of those things has anything to do with the Astros. Right. And I bring up Reddick because Reddick was very vocal and very supportive and, you know, throwing out first pitches and, and, you know, still tweeting for the team and stuff like that. And with Verlander, by the time he, at the end of his run in Detroit, he wasn't the same Justin Verlander, of Mm -hmm. course. So when the Astros got him, you know what he became? He became a hired gun. A hired gun that <laughs> that your hired gun. You, you there's no emotion. You get you're just doing your job. The goal is to win the title, and he won a title with the Astros. And you can't turn down sixty six million dollars over two years. So of course, you sign that contract. Mm-hmm. But essentially, you're still a hired gun because you're a a, a, a trade de- or not a trade deadline, but a midseason acquisition who was able to bounce back from what people thought was the end of a career, extended your career by a few years, mm-hmm. um, and then you got hurt. You can't do the one thing you want to do, so there's no reason to there's. There's no, there's no, uh, uh, there's no hard feelings, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't need because if anything, if anything, he helped us. He helped the Astros win a title. Like, you're good in my book. Yeah, I don't need him being Mister Root Root Team Guy. Go, go fix yourself. That's the most important thing. And if you want to, no problem. There's, it's not gonna be like, what are you doing here? But it's like. You know, whatever you decide, like I have no problem with at this point. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you that he will be extended the qualifying offer, which uh, for 2022 will be 18.4 million dollars. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's gonna take it. And you reason, think he's gonna come back? Yes, because he's coming off of Tommy John surgery. Right. At Let me tell you 39. This. At 39. Let me tell you this. I would not be upset. I mean, if if he were to take it, that's great. Mm-hmm. Because let's see what he's got with a brand new arm at 39. Um, Adam Wainwright is a, is a perfect example of a guy who is has extended his career after surgery. Um, if he could become that, why not? Mm-hmm. I have like, but. But again, if he decides not to take it, if he decides to look somewhere else, no hard feelings either. If he takes it, cool, great, awesome. Yeah. Who wouldn't want that guy? At that price, like especially at that price. That would be awesome. And I think would... um, I wouldn't be as, I mean, I would be more, I mean, no, what am I saying? I don't know what I'm saying, but <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I started a sentence and I don't know where it goes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, he, he went out, what, August 1st of 2020. Mm-hmm. So by the time the next season rolls around, it will have been almost 20 months, not just 
18, which is typically what you look at for Tommy John recovery. Mm-hmm. Like he could, he blew out his elbow early enough where 20 months will have passed by since, you know, and maybe he's got a fresh arm after that. I just think he comes back. Yeah. I think other teams are just going to be hesitant on paying a 39-year-old fresh off of Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. Now, if he's More able to go, go ahead. I said, if he's able to find a two-year deal for like 30-some million, then he should take it. But I just don't think that deal is out there. I think he's going to take this as a prove-it deal and then next year, going into the 2023 season, find that two-year deal to go. Because he's one of those guys who said that he wants to pitch until he's 45. And depending on how this upcoming season goes, he may be able to do it. I mean, it's got a brain well, though, if it holds up. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he could do it. Yes, sir. All right, moving on to our last player and the biggest one, <laughs> Carlos Correa. I think oh. we both agree that he's getting – he'll get a qualified offer and he will reject it. Mm-hmm. And what do you think happens after that? Um, what do I think happens after that? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a good question because normally the obvious choice would be the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, it would have been the Yankees. Mm-hmm. But like you said earlier, this 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 is a different Yankees team that is. Not willing to throw money around well, as much as they, they will throw it around, but they are wary of that luxury tax. Yeah, more than any other Yankees team mm-hmm. I ever saw. I don't think he goes to the Dodgers because that team that would be the most hypocritical move of all time, and you would have to the 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 cheater chance and all that crap that that the Astros go through to this day have to stop. Oh, because please. if that team's if if he this is the same thing we saw with George Springer. The minute he becomes a member of the the opposite organization, it's all love and flowers. Yeah, but George Springer didn't go to the Dodgers. He went to just another team. Yeah, he went to the blue the Blue Jays. And I don't do you remember one story? Here's how much I know the story has changed around George Springer. MOB Twitter accounts would do damn near everything to not post the Astros. Every mm. time Springer hit a home run, I scroll through and they'd be like, oh, Sp- another Springer dinger. <laughs> right. It's like as soon as you toss that Astros jersey off, the stench of the uh, cheating conspiracy, cheating controversy just goes off. Right. But as much trash talk went on that went on, not just between the fans of the Dodgers, but the players themselves. You have to let bygones be bygones if you decide to sign Carlos Correa. Because he was one of the central figures of all this. And at that point, you've lost all credibility to complain about stuff that happened now five years ago. Look, they lost all credibility when they signed he who shall not be named. So That's true, too. That's a good point as well. If they um, signed Correa, put him in a jersey, and said this guy can help us win two, three World Series in the next six years, those fans would shut the hell up. As I, they should. 
I like uh I guarantee it. So so I don't I don't think they would sign I don't think he'll go to the Dodgers. Um the Dodgers haven't even been rumored. There's only three teams I've heard over and over again. And Yankees. Yankees, Astros, and the Tigers. The Tigers? Yep. I've not heard that. Yep. Team on the um the come up. Their manager is AJ Hinch. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the other one? Oh yeah, I think their owner is like 90 years old and about to kick the bucket. And he has a lot of money. Exactly. He owns a lot of teams in in Detroit. He and made yep. a lot of money off uh, Little Caesars. Made that Little Caesars money. Yes. And as long as, as long as you eat Little Caesars within the first 20 minutes, you are golden. Oh, no. he's He, he passed away. Oh, no. We lost Mike. 2017. Oh, God. Who's in charge of that team now? We lost my nigga Mike. Oh, God. <laughs> my bad, you know the man. story about Mike Illitra? Uh, Little Caesars. And, oh, with the, uh, do, 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 do. who am I thinking of? Rosa Parks. Yeah. He, he like, paid, paid for her yeah. rent like the rest of her life. <laughs> I was over here thinking, I was like, uh, Civil Rail Con, Black Lady, Black Lady Bus, Rosa Parks. <laughs> <laughs> the things you have to do to get your mind weren't running. Yeah. All right. But going back, they still got money. They got the little Caesar money. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not making any guesses about who owns the, the Tigers anymore. Let me show about that. Uh, I don't know. That's the. Those are the three teams I've heard over and over again: the Tigers, the Astros, and the Yankees. Okay, so the Sun took over. Looks like. Oh, then they still got little Caesar. Wow. Um, man, that's – I was not aware of the Detroit Tigers being in the running or being mentioned or like, you know. Mm-hmm. And where did they finish last year? Either dead last or close to it. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm just destroying. They were. All they finished third in the division. Given though you're AJ Hinch and with Correa, they definitely could battle for uh, the White Sox for the division title. Man, I I, I like that idea. And they have some young talent coming up, guys such as what's the name. Uh, first baseman is Spencer Torkelson and outfielder Riley Green. Mm-hmm. So they got the prospects, they got the money, they got the manager. Hmm. And I wouldn't mind that mm-hmm. more than anything because it's not because that means it wouldn't be just the Yankees or wouldn't be just the Dodgers mm-hmm. or one of the you know the typical teams. Um if you're gonna lose them hell why not yeah I mean I have no problem with, with the Tigers because like I said they're not gonna be a, an, an immediate threat even with him in the lineup. So it would take a few couple of years 
for us to for it to potentially backfire on the Astros or whatever you want to call it. Um, but again, if they re, if they're able to re-sign him, I'm I have no problem with that either. Mm-hmm. So we both agree that he will get the will he'll get the qualifying offer. Yes, he will. The big question is, does he resign with the Astros? He will reject that offer with the swiftness. If I'm the Yankees, I'm really torn between Correa and Seager because Correa is a great offensive player, and he he's a better defensive shortstop than Seager is. But man, Seeger being left-handed in that ballpark, mm-hmm. and you probably get him for less money than Korea as well. Oh yeah. Huh. <laughs> I. I'm not looking at you right now, but I could just picture you over there stroking your chin like, huh. So I'm the Yankees. I go after both of them and be Um, like, whoever wants it, wants it. But, of course, if I'm the Yankees and I got money, I'm going after both of them and then trying to catch up on Freddie Freeman afterwards. (laughs) You know, I tell you this much. Um, Man. I'm going to say he doesn't re-sign with the Astros. Mm-hmm. And if I had to prefer, if I pre- had to pick a preferred team from to sign, I would, you know, now that you mentioned, I would say the Tigers. Because again, it would take a couple of years for him to actually maybe be a threat to the team. And you would probably get a better compensation pick. Mm-hmm. If they don't, re- if they don't win right away, you know, So you're saying Detroit? Yeah. I'm going to stand. I'm, I'm going to plant my flag. I'm going to stand here right now. I'm going to go with Changshaw Ch- Redemption and say hope is a good thing. I'm saying Correa resigns with the Astros. Okay. Hey. Hey, hey, okay. Uh, now. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Detroit Tigers have a lot of Little Caesars $5 pizza money, right? Continue. As far as I know, the Astros don't. How much <laughs> How much is Jim Crane spending on Carlos Correa? Because I could see the Tigers being very competitive with their offer. question all right so usually whenever i I think about con i go to free agency look at the uh contracts i go to this website called uh spotrack and look at the contract so let's see what contract they estimate for one carlos korea all right i think this is low (laughs) calculated Market value for Carlos Correa: ten years, two hundred and sixty-six million dollars. Ooh. Two hundred and sixty-six million. Mm-hmm. 
And right now, the largest shortstop contract belongs to, and I'll tell you one minute, I believe it is, yep, Francisco Lindor. Mm-hmm. Was that 10 years, 341? 341. Mm-hmm. Damn. Fernando Tatis, I think that was 14, 14 years. Mm-hmm. Sure. 325 million? 340. 340. Yeah. Yeah, 14 year, 340. Francisco got him by $1 million. <laughs> so, yeah, their estimate is low. I would think Korea gets something around. Uh, Hold on, I did the math earlier of what I think his contract is going to be. Nine years, three hundred and six million. Nine years, three hundred six. So that average is out of thirty-four a year. So you think he's getting thirty-four a year? Mm-hmm. And I also think they might throw in an option for a tenth year. Hmm. Yeah, I okay. think yeah, I think it's not my money, so <laughs> go for it. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but like I said, it's not not our money. Um, yeah. And um if you bring him back, then your chances of doing it all over again are Still pretty good. Still pretty high. And at this point, you're saving a lot of money anyways because Verlander's coming off the books. Granky's coming off the books. I mean, that's 60, almost $70 million right there between those two. So mm-hmm. there is money to spend. Correct. So make it happen, Jim Crane. Yeah. Spend the money, James. Spend it. <laughs> Um, speaking of the Astros, so apparently they're going to be changing things around the stadium. This Again? is, yeah, this is from Brian McTaggart. Crane said, and I quote, Crane said the area where the bus at Union Station and home plate bar and grill will become an entertainment venue like the ballpark village in St. Louis and the battery in Atlanta. Wow. That'll start in the next 12 months. I guess that way they don't have to shut down Crawford Street anymore mm. during the playoffs, which is like a major thoroughfare in downtown. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That will, <laughs> whenever I see those things on TV, like the battery and um, Atlanta and the one that was in Milwaukee during the mm. Bucks playoff run, it looks like the best party ever. So I'm glad to see that coming to Houston. Yeah. And those are those that property is really nice. Like it's mm-hmm. it could use a revitalization. Because I remember going to home plate plenty of times, always being fun. But it definitely being, you know, a little too crowded, a little too small. Mm-hmm. It's like Combine them both if you can. I think I went to the bus once, long, long time ago. Ain't got news. Um, Yuri Gurriel, the Astros exercised their 2022 option on him, so he'll be back. 
Uh, pitching coach Brent Strom will not be back in 2022. Mm-hmm. And the Guriel deals for what, $8 million? $8 million. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. I yeah, mean, no-brainer. Just won the batting title. Still plays great first base. And uh, if he can still hit. Watching Guriel now just makes me wonder what the hell he looked like when he was younger in Cuba. Like, I've seen scouts talk about him. They're like, if he had played his entire career in Major League Baseball, he would have been a guaranteed Hall of Famer. Yeah. What could have been. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, man. Anything else? That's all I've got. Yeah. I got you. One um, final, you know, baseball podcast, uh, probably of 2021, because, mm-hmm. like, like you said, we won't know anything with the pending collective bargaining issues. So we probably won't talk about baseball again until January. Yeah, unless this is just a fury of signings to happen between now and December 2nd. Or uh, cooler heads prevail and they actually um, come to an agreement and extend the CBA. So, yeah. Otherwise, we'll be talking about them sorry-ass Texans. <laughs> and wrestling. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got a big story to talk about wrestling. We'll do it. Oh, uh, one other thing that we didn't get to talk about. Your boy. You know your boy. Who? Your fancy football boy. Your, the captain of your team back at our league. Your boy Aaron Rodgers oh. <laughs> acting a goddamn fool out here in these streets. Whew. That's another that's another can of worms. <laughs> glad I'm not playing fantasy football anymore. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not a Packers fan. It's one thing you're, for your quarterback to be an idiot. It's one thing for him to just do it on national TV. And he did it on Pac McAfee's show. He basically said all those right-wing talking points. <laughs> I did my own research. I ain't never seen you with a beaker, Aaron. Where's your Bunsen burner? Where is it? I ain't seen no hypothesis, hypothesis coming through. If, then, when? Where's it at? You ever see him with a pocket protector? I don't think so. He ain't do no damn research. Not a pocket protector, a lab coat, nothing. Goggles, nothing. I have not seen one <laughs> pair of OSHA certified goggles at all, Aaron. Where are they at, sir? <sighs> all right. Well, I guess that's it, man. Good talking to you. Uh, As always. It was. It's just nice to talk about baseball and getting all that disappointment out of the system. Right. Uh, now, I'll talk to you like I can't wait until next season. Always, as soon as it's over, I'm already looking forward to it. Yeah. I always have that. Lose. Whenever like one of our teams lose in the playoffs, usually the Texans. It usually takes me like a good week or so to get back into. Okay, I want to get back into watching this sport, but you know. It hasn't been a week yet, and I'm like, you know, I'm ready. I think yeah. like I'm, I'm setting myself up for more heartbreak, but I think the Astros have another run in them. I agree. I want to yeah. see another parade, damn it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> make it happen. All right. Um, 
So thank you all for listening, sharing. If you can, leave a five-star review. And uh, we will be back next week. We're going to try to do the wrestling podcast this weekend. So we'll be back next week. And um, oh, oh, I forgot to tell you my puppy story. Oh, what's up? That's That was great. So my, my girlfriend, she works at Petco. She's a groomer. And this woman brought in this puppy that she found like hanging around a country club. And it's just, a, it's a little uh, black mixed puppy. I'm, I was like uh Cocker Spaniel Chihuahua mix. I think she said what it was, but mm-hmm. uh, the woman, she brought him, she brought her in because she had taken the dog to her vet and they did the scan for the chip and there was no chip. And so she was like, I don't want to just take him to a shelter because if he's not taken and you know, if she takes him to a shelter and no one claims him with, claims her within a couple of days you know they right (laughs) so she brings the petco because petco has these rescue workers that come in every two weeks on the weekend they'll be there next weekend i believe and so she brings the dog in she talks to my girlfriend she talks to the groomers there and she's like getting hysterical start crying like i don't want to take the shelter she's gotta have something to to stay or else she'll kill her and um so my girlfriend being the softy that she is, she brought the puppy home. Um, so oh, now, very cool. yeah. So now in this apartment, this <laughs> two bedroom apartment, we have two cats, two dogs, one child. <laughs> and I've had to warn my son, he can do whatever he wants with the puppy, but there's one thing he is not allowed to do. You know what that is? What's that? Can't name her. Because once you name her, <laughs> then she becomes your oh. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, that's fun, man. That's cool. Like, but but a coworker was like uh, giving the puppy names, like multiple names, and she was telling me the names, and I was listening to him, like, "Oh, it's a good name." And then she said, "Luna." I was like, "Oh, Luna's a good name." No, stop it. Bad. That's how you end up with a with a fourth pet. <laughs> you just gotta. You gotta fight that. The problem is she's so sweet and she came up and she was like playing with my hands. She, like before I called you on Zoom, she was just over here sitting down watching me and I put my hands down. She like puts her paws in my hand. She's licking my hand. I'm like, oh, you're going to break me. Oh, God. Oh, boy. It's chipping away. Chipping away. <laughs> before you know it, she'll be, you know, here. Uh, Standing at the door and uh, walls of Jericho start playing. Yeah. You'll be barking, breaking down walls, and it'll be five months from now, and she's gonna be, you know, sleeping in the damn bed. <sighs> but really, I hope we find our owner because I know she's missing whoever it is, gotta be missing her. Yeah, that's yeah, hopefully, man. And also, let's just be a lesson, people. Please, please chip your pets. Mm-hmm. All three of mine are chips, so I couldn't lose them even if I wanted to. <laughs> All right, and so on that happy note, see, there was some happiness at this podcast. It wasn't all doom and gloom. On that note, we're going to get out of here. Anthony, a pleasure as always, man. I appreciate talking to you every week. Same here. Sometimes you're the only person that keeps me sane in this world. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to help. And we shall be back next week. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. And uh, just take care of each other out there.
I know the holidays are coming up and might it might be a difficult time. So uh, if you could just reach out to your friends, check up, you know, seasonal depression, all that stuff is real. So if you could just text a friend, be like, hey, make sure you're okay. Just thinking of you. All right. You know, if no one cares, the Quincy cares. And Anthony, because he's not, he's nodding in silence. So Anthony cares. Of course. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks. All right, we're out of here. See y'all later. Later, babies.